Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback, and if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. We all have abilities, right? Uh, Some of us are good at English. Some of us are good at fixing cars. Some of us are good at at being uh, hospitable. We all have gifts. God gives us specific uh, things that we can do that are our abilities, right? Our actual natural abilities. Some of us are musical. Some of us are not, right? They talk about those that are in the church. They're like in jail because they're always behind some bars and they can never find the right key. Man, that was terrible. None of you thought that was funny. That was like my best joke. I was way so excited to share that with you. Maybe it, my gift isn't telling jokes. <laughs> Who knows? But the truth is we all have gifts. We all have abilities. We have things that we're naturally good at. Well, do you think God did that just by chance? Do you think that God gave you whatever the ability? Maybe you're a great accountant. Maybe you're good with languages. I don't know what it is, but in a room like this, there's a lot of diversity in the ability that's in this room. Is that all by mistake? And let me ask you this really poignant, difficult, challenging, step-on-your-feet kind of question. Did God give you that ability just to make money with it? Did he give you the abilities that you have just so you could make some money with them? Or is there a bigger purpose? Is there a bigger reason why you have that ability? Does God expect us to use his given, God-given abilities in our life? And so that's what we're going to look at. As I was thinking about this idea of ability, uh, one of the most encouraging parts of the Malawi African mission trip to me was getting to know the other missionaries that came along. And one of the families, the, the Balkali family, they're from New Jersey, a wonderful family, amazing people, unbelievable blessing to be around them, such an encouragement, always uplifting. Uh, uh, the husband and wife had brought their son who has severe uh, special needs. And so he, he needed to be watched the entire time. Um, his name was Shay, and he was an amazing guy. I love being around Shay. I love hearing him talk and smile and enjoy himself. But you know, God gave him a very special ability. He gave him the ability to memorize things, large amount of information, and he could retain lots of information. And so Shay had actually memorized the book of Psalms. And so at their church, they'll have him recite a chapter of Psalms before church on Sunday. Now, Shay needs someone to be with him all the time. He needs someone to walk alongside and help him with all the things that he does. But he can do something none of us, I think, in this room can do, is memorize large amounts of information and then be able to regurgitate that information clearly and, and exactly the way it is. And so I look at that and I say, none of us are, we don't have an excuse for not using our abilities. Um, I think another example that I looked at when I lived in Pennsylvania, uh, we lived in central Pennsylvania. I actually, uh, when I was a young man, my dad was the campus pastor at Penn State, we lived near Amish country. And one of the things I think Amish have that they do a really good job at is they work together as a team. And if you were ever to see a barn build by the Amish, it's an amazing thing to watch to see hundreds and hundreds of people come together to put something together very quickly, and all of them have specific jobs that they have ability to do, and everyone knows what their jobs are, and they work very diligently and hard at doing those things. 
And I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed. I wish churches that believed in the, the Bible-believing, Christ-centered, spirit-led churches would get that excited and that committed to using our abilities, that we would come together and not just see one person on the pulpit or those who are singing as the ones doing the work, but that we would all see ourselves as given specific abilities to help build this kingdom together. And so today, I want us to think that way. Never think about everyone else. Think about you. Think about me. I'm going to think about myself. What is my ability that God gave me, and what does he want me to do with it? So that's the question. What are you doing with your God-given ability? Not what did you do with your God-given ability. Not what have you done with your God-given ability. But what are you doing with your God-given ability in the present. And so let's precede God's word as we look to him to speak to us today and allow him um, to share with us what he wants us to know. So let's pray. Father, you are holy, you are just, you are righteous. You're the creator of all things. And Lord, as I think of the stars that you also made, and I think of how powerful and amazing you are. It's overwhelming, Lord. It's hard to really understand. But Lord, we know that there's a complexity to the universe. We know that you were very purposeful with how you created everything and that when you formed us in our, our mother's womb, that you were very intentional about the abilities that you've given us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would recognize that those abilities were given for a purpose and that, Lord, we can truly glorify you with every part of our life, including our abilities. And so, Lord, I pray as we read your words that you've recorded for us through your Holy Spirit, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would interpret for us so that we would understand, and that, Lord, you would give us vision and clarity to what we're to do with these things. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless with the, this time with your presence, uh, give us wisdom, give us understanding, help us, Lord, not to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word, and help us to be faithful stewards of the time you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this, uh, the concept of ability, uh, we have to recognize that there are challenges when it comes to using our abilities. And one of the most clear examples of this is a parable that Jesus gives to help us to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like, what it's like to be part of this family, what it's like to be part of God's kingdom, and how he operates. And he tells us what he, uh, what he expects from us when it comes to our abilities. Uh, and so we're going to look at that. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, we'll be looking at verses 14 through 15, and then also verses 24 through 30. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, we'd love to give you one. Uh, if you have a phone, you can, get a, you can download a Bible very easily. Uh, if you'd like to look on the screens, we'll have it there as well. Uh, but we believe it's important that we're Bible-based in everything we do. And so we want to look to God's Word and see what He has to say about this specific topic. Verse 14 of chapter 25 in the book of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And so now we, we're told about those that were uh, faithful with the talents they were given, the bags of gold they were given, and we move forward to verse 24 where the real issue is and the thing that we need to recognize is our challenge. Verse 24, 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so here Jesus is really hitting home. Now this isn't the fuzzy, cuddly Jesus talk. This isn't kind of the talk that many people think Jesus was all about always making us feel good about ourselves. Jesus wanted us to be more like himself. He was very direct. He was loving, but he was direct. He didn't beat around the bush, and he didn't avoid hard topics. And this is a hard topic. Because uh, you may have gone to church your whole life, or this might be your first time at church. Maybe you're exploring what it is to be a Christian. I don't know where you are on your journey. But if you're a believer in Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, and you're trusting him, and to the best of your ability, you're being obedient to him on a day-to-day basis, he calls us into account when it comes to our abilities. If you understand the parable, he's saying the master being the father has given this to us. He has given you an ability. He's entrusted you with an ability. One of the things that's very humbling to realize is you did not pick where you would be born. You did not pick who you'd be born to. You did not pick a lot of your DNA traits. They were given to you. You didn't pick any of your DNA traits. They were all given to you. And whatever you have a proclivity, whatever you're good at, was given to you by God on purpose. And he sees it as a talent. He sees it as he's entrusted you with this. Now, he doesn't give the same to all of us. He doesn't say, I'm going to make everyone exactly the same when it comes to their abilities. But he says, with the ability I do give you, I expect you to use it. And I know I've been in ministry, believe it or not, next year will be 20 years full-time ministry as a pastor. Praise God. But I can tell you, and I, you know, I, can, I empathize with everyone in this room, you can feel like, well, I already did all that. I already put the effort in. I already used my ability. And I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling run down. But let me encourage you on some very important information. All of the great stories of the Old Testament, when you talk about Abraham and Moses, you talk about Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, you talk about all those that we're told about that God used so much so that we know their names on a first-name basis with them, the vast majority of them were in their 80s or 90s. God waited till they were at the later years before he did the biggest events in their life because he knew they'd be faithful. He knew that that they understood the finish line is not in this life. The finish line is when you cross from this life to the next. And in reality, as, as someone who's run, and you may know this, maybe the most important time is the end of the race. Because that's when you're tired. That's when things aren't working the same way they were when you started. That's when it's not as easy to do what you used to do. 
But it's equally or maybe even more important at this moment to be faithful with what God has given you. The abilities he has given you are for today. And some of you have amazing wisdom, and some of you have amazing skill. It always over, I mean, it surprises me and it encourages me when I have conversations and I learn about some of you have been in, in very high-level jobs, done very important things, have, have really been a part of very uh, important things that, that make impacts. And, and I think one of, the, one of the most upsetting things about me is there's a whole generation that, that hasn't been mentored appropriately. They haven't been brought along the right path. They haven't been taught how to do things. And so they live a very fleshly life, a very uh, self-centered life. And I think there's so much that we're missing out on. Because the ability you have, you have wisdom in. The ability you have can be transferable. The ability you have has been given to you by God. And this might be the most important part. This might be the time God's looking the closest at you to determine if you're faithful with that ability. One thing I do not want to be is the guy who stands in front of my creator and he says, you wicked and lazy servant. Can you imagine standing that day of judgment? The Bible says it's appointed once to die and then to judgment. You stand in front of God. You're returning this life that he gave you. And he says, you wicked and lazy servant. How horrible would that be? How terrible would that be on that day? And so Jesus says, you don't have to have that happen to you. We can all avoid that. Every one of us in this room can avoid it. And listen, everyone you know can avoid it because you can share this with them. That God has made you on purpose. The most, the most upsetting thing to me in our culture today is how many young people believe they exist by random chance and time and death. Right? Survival of the fittest. That they're here by mistake. Just make it through this life and you'll disappear when you die. And they have no idea that they were created on purpose with a purpose. And they need you and I to lovingly share that with them. They need to know that the abilities they have are not for their own glory. They need to know that that, that ability to, to do accounting, that ability to teach, that ability that they have is not for their own glory. And as much as they pursue their own glory, it'll lead to devastation. It'll lead to despair. It seems like it is good, but in the end it leads to death. And so we need to recognize that there's a challenge in our world that God expects us to use the gifts that he gives us. He has an expectation for you. Did you know that God has an expectation? He has an expectation for us. He's going to do a lot. He does all the hard work. He does all the heavy lifting. He just says, now that I've done this, I want you to be faithful with it. Now that I've given you the gift, I want you to be faithful. Now that I've given you the ability, I want you to be faithful. And so he gives us an amazing vantage point. If we look to verse, uh, chapter 18 of the book of Acts, we see this play out in real life. We see a real life example of how this impacted the world. We see someone that we can relate to and we can build our lives in, in a way that follows this path or this model. Acts 18 verses 2 through 4, it says this, this is Paul who was Saul, who was one of the leaders of the church who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Here's what it tells us about his story. Paul, where he found a Jew named Aquila and a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. 
He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. One of the things you can overlook about the life of Paul when you, when you realize he was in prison for a long time, he was originally Saul trying to get Christians killed and put in prison, that he had this radical transformation in his life. What you may overlook is that he had a day-to-day job. He had a regular job building tents. And that was the way that God had given him the ability to build tents, to be a tent builder. He had to have the physical traits. He had to have the knowledge. He had to have the experience. All of these things were part of his life. Why? So that on the weekend, he could go share the good news. He used the ability God gave him to build deep relationships. How many of you still have deep relationships with coworkers? How many of you still have deep relationships with those people that you worked alongside? Do you recognize that that was never by chance? It was never a mistake who you worked with? It was never a mistake the people that God put in your life. And you may have some of those deep relationships with your coworkers that you have of any relationship in your life. And God gave you that specific ability. So, well, how could God use this ability in my life? Well, he's using it because now you have a relationship with someone who needs to know him. You have a relationship, a tie with someone who needs to hear the good news. You have a relationship with someone who's seeking the truth and they're looking at you to determine if Jesus is the truth and the way and the life. Your ability was not given to you just for you. Your ability was given to you so you could be part of the mission of building the kingdom of God. And so here we see the example of Paul that he spent his weeks working diligently as a tent maker so that he could then also go and prepare and preach the good news. And he built this deep relationship with Priscilla and Aquila. Maybe you had a job where you got to talk with your coworkers and you got to know a lot about them and you knew their hurts and you knew their joys, you knew their celebrations, you knew all these things about them. Well, this is the situation where Paul is speaking into the life of Priscilla and Aquila and they're growing together while they work, where they do something that God gave them the ability to do so that everything else can work appropriately. It was not a mistake that God gave you your ability. And he's not done using that ability in your life. He wants you to be faithful to the very end. Whether it's still using it or it's teaching it or it's praying for those that are in that field. Whatever it is, God wants you to continue to be faithful with what he has entrusted you with. That is part of who you are. That is part of what God is asking us to take an account for. Paul was a tent maker. He was probably known in the community as Paul the tent maker, not Paul the apostle or Paul the the great teacher or Paul the one that people 2,000 years from now are going to be reading all the time and studying and try to understand. He was either Paul the prisoner or Paul the tent maker. Think about how big an impact his life made because he was faithful with the abilities that God gave him. Think about the people that are going to be impacted when you're faithful with the ability God gives you. You have no idea the ripple effect of your life. You have no idea how you're impacting your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbors, coworkers. I don't know how many funerals I've done where people will tell me they remember a, a godly person in their life that they went to in times of need. That there was that person in their life and their coworker that helped them to get through tough times and, and this was part of their life story. You're part of someone's life story. Because of the abilities God gave you, you were put in that place. It's made clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. 
It says this, listen, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are the workmanship of God. You are the workmanship. You're the handy, you're the handcrafted uh, creation that God has put on this planet for an absolute purpose. In every aspect of your life, from the gift the Holy Spirit gives you, to the passions that you have, to your abilities, this is your story that connects to his story, which is all of history. You're in it. And your life will either be accounted as a faithful story, a faithful journey to the very end, or it will be seen as this wicked, greedy, selfish servant that did not do what the master asked him to do. you got to know the bad news before we can know the good news. And the good news is you and I can look at our lives and say, God, you gave me this gift. You gave me this ability that seems to be something I'm good at. Help me to figure out how to use it for you. I think the biggest tragedy for me too and as being a pastor is so many people think, well, if you can't preach and you can't sing, then you can't really be part of the church. That is as far from being wrong as possible. Every single one of us in this room, maybe even more so, you have influence, you have impact. Your abilities have influence and impact. Your abilities give you voice to places I'll never have a voice. Your abilities give you relationships to relationships I or those on the stage will never have. In actuality, the Bible says that my responsibility and those that lead are to train and equip you, to give you every possible ability, advantage, support, to use those abilities to reach the people around you. That we're to be like those Amish farmers that come together and every single one of us recognize we're important. Every single one of us in this room recognize we're part of the mission. Every single one of us recognize our ability needs to be used if we're going to move forward at all. In a few weeks, we'll be talking about the new year and new opportunities to serve within the life of the church. Maybe you've never considered an area of the church to serve in, but you realize now that your abilities give you a, a, a good representation for you to fit to that need. That's my prayer. Find out what God shaped you to be. Find out what his abilities can be used for in the kingdom of God and follow those because he is a workman who made you on purpose for his glory. We need to be using our God-given abilities. How do we apply this? Take inventory. Don't miss out on this conversation that God wants with us right now. If you were to sit down with Jesus, what do you think he would say the ability he gave you is? The abilities he has given you. You know, sometimes, and this is something I fall into the trap, we get this false humility, and we start to think that somehow we deserve the abilities we're given, and then we say, oh, I'm not good at that. Are you good at that? No, I'm not good at that. No, God made you good at it. Don't take the glory. It's his glory to be taken. But don't deny that he's given you an ability to somehow pretend you're humble. It's not humility to pretend that you don't have something that God has given you. In actuality, that is rejecting what he's given you. So own the ability he's given you, but don't own it in the sense that you're glorifying yourself. Own it in the sense you're going to use it, because now you know you have it and you need to use it. What abilities do you have? 
What abilities has God given you specifically to be part of the kingdom? If you don't know what they are, ask God to help you to know what they are. And then ask him to give you wisdom on where he wants you to use them. You know how I know that this is where God's leading? Because one, it fits to his word. Two, I pray about it and there's peace. Three, other believers support me in it. And four, it stirs something within me when I do it, knowing that God is moving. So there are keys you can look at in your life. What does the Bible say first about that ability? How you can use it. When you pray, do you get a peace about that ability? When you share it with other believers, what do they tell you about your ability? When you think about doing it or you participate in really fulfilling your ability, do you sense that this is what God has called you to do? He doesn't keep it a mystery. He reveals it to us when, when we seek him, we will find him. When we seek the ability that he's given us, he will reveal it to us. It's when we don't seek it and we bury it under the ground and one day that, that's going to come into account and we're going to have to unbury it and say, look, I know that you're not easy on this and so I buried it. I buried my gift, my ability because I was afraid of what you would call me to do with it. I was worried what you are going to have me do and so I buried it. This is why Jesus told us this parable. This was the point of the parable. Don't bury your ability. Don't avoid the ability God's given you. Don't miss what he's put you here to do. Don't bury it. It may not be as much as the person next to you in your view, but that doesn't matter. It's not the other person you need to be faithful to. It's God. Will we be faithful to him? And I think this is the big one. Be willing to serve with your ability. This is really a want-to question. What do you want to do? From when you're a child to this day, your life has been made up of, what do I want to do? Want-tos. What do you want to do? Do you want to use the ability that God has given you or not? No one can force you. No one can force you to love God, and no one can force you to hate God. That's a want-to. What do you want to do? What do I want to do? And then let's for a moment, just for a moment, imagine what would it look like if all of us were maximizing our abilities? What difference could we make? Not only if we used our abilities to the best of our ability, but we helped others, those we have influence over, those we have relationships with, to help them to see that those abilities they have, those achievements that they're, they're gaining, have been given to them by God to be used for God? What impact would it make if your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter would use all of their abilities for the glory of God? What impact in this world would it make if we could invest in other people's lives and help them to see the importance of using their abilities for the Lord? This is the answer. This is what the world is waiting for. This is what the Lord has called us to. And now it's the question of what do we do? How do we move forward? How do you move forward? And so this is the point of the message where I ask myself and I ask you, what is God telling you? We've read his word. He's made it clear. What is he saying to you? What is he telling you? I would encourage you, if you know exactly what he's telling you, record it. 
make a plan, and then share that plan. Write it down. You can write it down right now. Make a plan. Get with someone. And then share it so that you can be accountable for whatever God's given you to do.